Hi, and welcome to episode 29 of season two of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, holy smokes. It's cold out there. It is very yeah. cold out there. Yeah, minus 32 this morning when I saw the thing. Yeah, Maybe somebody had suggested uh, I have to plug my truck in, but uh, uh, I live across the street from parking. So nice. That's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. I could clothesline people. And you got to get one of those little, uh, we plug it in at Darlene's house and then get one of those things that people use to get the cord over the sidewalk. Uh, like those spring-loaded I think things. They're, I, think they're, I thought they were illegal, but anyway. I see them all the time in our neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So, um, so, uh, so you're saying it's 40 below in your truck? And, and I don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what, well, if you're new to, the you chat, new to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe, particularly on iTunes. We've got some new subscribers. It's all oh, good. new subscribers and some are likes. tight. It's awesome. Uh, today we got coffee again. I thought I'd we go local. I broke it. I broke tradition and okay. local. So I went to Transcend and I met with oh. Paul Mark, who's, uh, well, I bumped into him. Didn't really meet with him. Talk to him for a bit. Yeah. So, um, so this is Elmer Guevara, and it is um, tasting notes of apricot, candied pecan, and mm. raspberry. And it says Elmer and Leila own two small farms near the towns of Viste Alegre and Bombaca in the mountainous area of Jaén. They've been working with Origin Coffee Lab, which is the coffee lab from Transcend. They had, uh, initially, they had concerns about Origin's claims to procure high prices for their coffee, but Origin delivered on their promises, and they decided to share their partnership with other local farmers in the area. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. That's good. It's nice coffee. And it doesn't taste like camp coffee. Right. It's exactly. Good. Yes. It's the right strength. So, uh, do you have any dad jokes? Oh, shoot. No, I don't. I forgot. Fortunately, I you asked, have a series. Of I them. asked Chat GTP to come up with five dad oh, jokes. Okay. So <laughs> there are five dad jokes. Created Why by was the AI. created by AI? Why was the math book sad? Because it had too many problems. <laughs> okay. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Because it was too tired. <laughs> oh my. God, these are awesome. Why was the computer cold? Because it left its windows open. <laughs> what do you cross when you get with it? What, what do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? I don't know. Frostbite. Of course. And why wouldn't, couldn't the leopard play hide and seek? Because he was always spotted. <laughs> now, I'm skeptical of uh you know did that just did it actually write those or did it just go pick those off the internet somewhere mind you oh I, it apparently does both yeah so it kind of it's a synthesis of stuff from sites right so i asked it a question that you asked in the episode which was what's the meaning of life the universe and everything yeah what did it say in Douglas Adams' science fiction novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the supercomputer Deep Thought is asked to determine the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. After a long period of contemplation, Deep Thought responds that the answer is 42. 
But that the quest answer is meaningless because the beings who ask the question do not actually know what the question is. Oh, okay. In the real world, there's no answer to the question of the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. Different people have different beliefs and perspectives on the subject. Some may believe the purpose of life is to seek happiness or to achieve to achieve personal or professional success, right. to make a positive impact on the world, to find spiritual enlightenment, or to pursue some other goal. Others believe that life has no inherent meaning and that it is up to each individual to create its own purpose. Ultimately, the meaning of life is a philosophical question that may never be fully answered. Pretty awesome. That's a pretty good That pretty is good a pretty answer. good answer. Better than 42. That's right. I, uh, I recently heard an answer that I liked in its simplicity. The purpose of life is simply to be alive. <laughs> Just, just enjoy it. And just enjoy the ride. Yeah. It's kind of like a roller coaster. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. Like Wayne Dara used to say, you exist between two parentheses in eternity. Nowhere to now here to nowhere. Hmm. Interesting. And it's all just moving one letter over. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, so... Um, what did you learn this week? It's been a crazy week of busyness. What did I learn? Yeah, as we I recorded, learned... it's the week leading up to Christmas. Yeah. It will be coming out. Uh, this will come out on Tuesday, which will be just after Christmas. So I learned a bit more about that Lawrence Livermore fusion experiment. Me too. And, uh, and how, it's, it's, uh, not, it's, uh, it's not all it sounds like. Well, I don't know. I, they, uh, achieved, they achieved something amazing. So there's yeah. basically two technologies. Yeah. So with uh, a 1.5 multiplier on their on their energy. Sort of. Apparently, it's a little bit, the, their math's a little bit funky. Okay. So the they did. So proof of concept. So there's two main ways of achieving fusion. Right. One is the tokamak, which is a magnetic bottle. It's right. just like donut, this huge yeah. donut. And the problem they have is that as the fusion goes, it starts destroying mm -hmm. the, the, the device. Right. And the second one, which is what the Lawrence Livermore guys were doing, were where they basically have a target yes. in this little tiny cylinder. Right. And then they put the fuel inside the cylinder and then they shoot 200 lasers, high powered lasers. That's right. And everything has to be perfect in order for it to yes. work. Um, and so they put in the amount of energy that the lasers produced and shot at the fusion, the amount of, uh, to create fusion, there was 1.5 times the energy, um, created the catches, the amplifiers that are required to generate the laser energy. Um, it's about. So the total amount of energy produced is about 1% of the total amplifier energy put in. So mm. they actually, so they only basically told you how much the energy is that they shot at it. Right. And the other problem is um, the amount of energy that was actually produced from their experiment was enough to run a laptop for an hour. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's from a very small... Thing. A very small thing. Well, here's what I... But they, the, in order to be able to do anything, they would have to... So it takes them a whole... Um, I think it's like... It, was it a day or a week where they have to... In order to reset everything sure. to try again. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a lot of energy to produce 
more energy, but it's not enough to do much other than run a... No, but here's how I heard it was likened to, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was very excited, but but somewhat realistic. <laughs> so first he likened it to uh, first flight at Kitty Hawk. What yeah. was that, like 37 seconds? He goes, you know, 37 seconds at the time, Isn't a lot of people were like, woohoo, right? Woo but, you know, 30 years later, not even, 20 years later, we're flying in the First World War, and it's true. right? And ultimately now, right? So take that into account. That's true. And he was excited because he said now it's an engineering problem it's it's gone from theoretical physical now we've proven proof of concept because now the engineers who love to solve technical problems are going to take a hold of this thing and are going to tinker and they're going to screw with it and you know we'll get there but now it's going to be you know well even they're saying 2040 maybe before the first commercially viable prototype would be ready. Other people are saying it'll be quicker. Other people say it'll be slower. But I like the way he put that. Like, we've proven that, kind of like the Wright brothers, hey, you can fly. And now everybody gets on board, the engineers, the technical people, and they start to try to solve the problem, right? Because that's how engineers operate. Well, yeah. and Well, and the uh, tokamats, they've been producing, they've been able to get them to produce reasonably reliably, like 70%. Yeah. That's all in energy. Right. So, you know, but the proof of conf concept's there. I mean, it, they can actually produce fusion. Right. And they'll be pulsing it like this was one pulse. And so some physicists were saying eventually what they want, it, it will be like a like a continuous pulsing of lasers onto material, right? So right. it's not just going to be like a one shot. It's going to be like... Psh, 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 well, it's psh, like the expanse where they have those right. little fusion pellets. Yeah, and so then you're dropping I think it's great news. Well, and I, I think uh, the um, you got to put it in its proper context. It's, well, it's I mean, like that first. You flight. talked about uh, you talked about it last week with uh, the transparent aluminum, which I didn't actually know much about. <laughs> yeah, is that wild? I have, what's really wild is how close to to reality they were. I mean, in uh, I, I I I linked the clip and I watched the clip after. Uh, from from the movie uh, Way Home, Way Home, uh, Voyage Home, Voyage yeah. Home, and uh, from Star Trek, and um, so yeah, Scotty says, um, you know, how thick uh, plexiglass do you need to create <laughs> right. a tank? And he said, and the guy says six inches thick. He yeah. Says, what if I could do it and it was only one inch thick? And uh, and uh, and it turns out that that ratio of one to six actually is pretty close to exactly the strength relativity between plexiglass. So plexi, uh, so they, they use it, they want to use it for, um, um, for bulletproof glass. Right. Sure. And, uh, so six inches of bulletproof glass versus, uh, one inch of, uh, transparent, of transparent aluminum. aluminum. Right. The problem with transparent aluminum is it's about uh, five times the cost per square inch. Sure. And there's a lot of technical production, but it works really well. They want to, and it doesn't scratch. Right. So apparently one of the issues with uh, space, the ISS, is that the glass is uh, super tempered, but is easily scratched. Ah, so when they go to take photos in the cupula, they have to kind of... Move around move the scratches. Around the scratches, whereas yeah. they can use transparent aluminum instead. Right. So again, to me, that's an engineering problem. Like, yeah. The cost curve is always what it is. So, yeah. Uh, Very cool. uh, automotive glass, 
is it it's got to be lighter too right like if you, like aluminum is a fairly light metal i, I think don't know if... i think it is uh well for the same durability so right. uh, so if you go thinner it'll, it'll yeah be so there you go okay anyhow so that's kind of what i learned um what else did you learn not much <laughs> well i learned i learned so many things that tom I cruise is crazy oh yes he so really he's got is. this new movie called coming out uh, right away uh, dead reckoning mission impossible dead wrecking right. part one and he, they they released a behind the scenes trailer of this thing that he's done so he's done all in the past he's done all these crazy stunts from free climbing in yep. the grand canyon to climbing off the uh oh, what is it called burke khalifa yes and uh and and this one he has to he was riding a motorcycle and then he launches it off of a, a cliff um in order and then uh so him and the motorcycle go off and he has to parachute in so it's a base jumping thing right so in order to train for this he trained for several weeks doing 30 parachute drops per day <laughs> as well as uh trained on a motorcycle doing sure. like consistent jumps uh, over and over again so and uh, and this was during the full-on pandemic he's sitting right. there and he's practicing 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 until he's ready to go they do all these models and visualize and and uh and then he did, and when he did the stunt, he did it like six times, but, and they, they were good. Each of them was good. Yeah. So, because not only does he need to do the stunt, he has to ha have, have the cameras with them. There's sure. a drone that flies with them. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's, I mean, the logistics are crazy. Yeah. So, super <clears throat> yeah, impressive. That guy. That guy is something else. I saw two YouTube shorts about him. One, it was him, and they were asking him about his skill set. And they were asking him all these questions. Do you know how to rock climb? And he's like, yeah, I trained for six years to blah, 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 right? And he, he's, he's certified as a commercial pilot yeah. and all these, and he flies helicopters and he's taken like all these kind of CIA, FBI level driving courses. Oh, sorry, I'm slapping the table here. So pretty wild. Yeah. The other one was Matt Damon talking about a conversation they had about one of the stunts in, I think it might've been Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. And it was like, so Tom Cruise says, so I went to the safety guy and I said, here's what I'm going to do. And it was like one of the building things. And yeah, the yeah. safety guy said, you can't do that. So I got a new safety guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, uh, he's a force to be reckoned. Well, and I heard he's somebody no. say that, say that the safety guy for Tom Cruise is code for insurance guy. Yeah. <laughs> now he is apparently in, totally insane when it comes to like the, the, uh, religious side of his yeah the scientology you know, he's, he's, a, he's a very he's a nut but you gotta give him props the guy he's, he's a good imagine having star. that time on your hands so, i mean he's so rich right yeah so i've got i'm gonna learn how to fly helicopters i, I do this in a movie so for the next six months i'm just gonna train with the top people in the world that'd be cool yeah, that'd be really cool so, okay. Okay. So mm. today we've got today. two things. Two uh, things. Three things. Three, three things. things. We're going to revisit our predictions from last year. Ah, yes. We're going to have new predictions for 2023. Right. Same categories. Same yep. categories. And we're also going to go through our Christmas Christmas um, top favorite favorites. Yeah. So we're going to have a favorite Christmas movie, a favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas activity mm. and the best 
present that you recall ever getting. Cool, man. So, um, where do you want to start? Well, let's take a look at our last year's predictions. Okay. See how we made out. Great idea. So, so we had several categories. Four categories. Four categories. So uh, societal, you predicted big changes to social media. Well, I apparently think I think I nailed that one way better than I expected. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Um, I predicted progression of the great resignation, which has sort of happened in some respects, apparently not so much in Canada. Oh, really? But. Yeah, we've we've not had the same levels, but I think there's certainly been, ha, huh, well, the great resignation and also the great laying off, right? Wow, the, the great laying off. So yeah, a lot of people have resigned yeah, would, would quiet involuntarily. Quitting, would quiet quitting count as the great resignation? I, I think it does. I think it's a, an unfortunate um, phenomenon where, you know, if people resign, at least it's clear they're gone. But if the people are just not engaging and, and filling in their time, Obviously, that's a cost of the company. Now, the company is responsible. You're allowing people to uh, sit around and and uh, not work. Does that did that thing pause? No, it's good. Okay, good. So I think we did okay on that one. Let's see. Political UCP will splinter. I think it's in the process. of splintering. I think it's in the process of splintering. So maybe just a little premature. Yeah. Of course, they didn't finish splintering, yeah. but I think they're in the process because I think they've got like the whack jobs and then the conservatives <laughs> that don't know where to put their vote. Yes. Because absolutely. there's a lot of conservatives that are not happy with the, you know, well, to be honest, the batshit crazy premier. That's right. Exactly. Well, and her cadre of. Of yes, people and uh, and the the experts that she relies on. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> okay, so I think that will probably happen. Uh, I had said Republicans will take control in the U.S. and that did not happen. I'm no, glad to say that did not happen. They didn't take control, uh, and and in fact, the red red wave or the red tsunami that they were trying to convince <laughs> yeah. everybody turned into more like a tidal bore. Yep. So uh, much to do about good. nothing. That's good. Um, on the tech side, in fact, side, I don't think Kevin McCarthy has been elected the new speaker because he can't get those last. That's two votes. right, and he's going to be so ineffective even if he manages it to, because like, they, they won't be able to get so them many agree. favors. And yeah, it's uh, so they're, they're, it's going to be well, one two of, years of of stalemate. And well, just one of the things that was suggested nothing Congress again. Well, one of the things that was suggested was that uh, that uh, you know. Apparently, the House can appoint somebody that is not from either party. Well, that would be cool. So if they can get a few Republicans, the Democrats might be able to... As, because the, the Democrats tend to vote much more as a block. Right. So if they can vote somebody who's reasonably neutral, they, they might be able to put somebody in place that's not Kevin McCarthy or... Could this be someone who's not in Congress? Yeah, yeah. It oh, doesn't wow. have to be in Congress. My two favorite choices right there are Elmo <laughs> and Chelsea Handler. That's my vote. Or maybe they can be... Those, those are not even similar. Co-speakers. I think mean, they'd make a good pair. <laughs> Elmo says, shut the hell up. <laughs> so those are two good choices. Uh... Technology, AI, you printed this very small. At first, I thought it said Al will dominate. AI will dominate. I think it's getting there. Uh, with that there. chat GPT coming out, people are blown away. Well, so, and, and it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that's going that way, that's for sure. And look at the Dali and all of these uh, yeah. AI-generated yeah. uh, art. It's 
getting yeah. there. The metaverse, not so much. Cute. <laughs> uh, I had predicted that the Tesla bot will get punched in the face. And if you see what he actually put out, it was pretty chunky looking. Yeah, right, compared to even what Boston Dynamics have come up with, the thing looked pretty sad. Yeah, and of course, I don't know how much I don't know how much of his attention he's putting on that right now. I I suspect Nothing. not too much. Yeah. So a little distracted there. So I think that's that's kind of. I mean, we did not anticipate the complete unraveling, but there you go. And then in the entertainment world, you said the MCU will misfire. I think it has. You think it has? You think they've jumped I think the it shark? Is, I don't know that they've jumped the shark, but I think they have had some, had to reevaluate some of the direction that they were going because I think some of their properties, um, particularly some of their TV series, have not really struck the same chord that mm -hmm. the MCU has been going down. So I, I think... Yeah, they were kind of on a pretty big high. I thought it was going to be unsustainable. So, yeah. and I think it's basically. I, I don't think they have failed completely. No, like I don't think it's. So when I meant misfire, I I don't mean that. I didn't mean that it would fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. it's just not. They've. I mean, when you get so many hits, right. you're bound to not have hits. Well, uh, there was somebody. As after the guys from Screen Crush, uh, Ryan Erie had a good point. You cannot compare phase four to phase three. Or, yeah, we're in, we just finished phase four. You actually have to compare it to phase two, which was kind of crappy. If you, th if you think back to phase two, it was not some of their best. It's Thor, the Dark World, or that might have been phase. Yeah, that was phase two. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had some real duds. I didn't mind um, Thor, the Dark World. Yeah, but a lot of people didn't like it. <laughs> So well, and, and I, the phase four is really a transition. And this was an interesting, he made an interesting comment. Every show in phase four, if you look at as the theme for the whole phase has been identity from Moon Knight to Thor, even in Thor Love and Thunder, which you were not a huge fan of. He, he starts out, you know, lost and uh, same thing with She-Hulk um uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam stepping in. So every show has been about f identity and finding mm -hmm. these characters, finding their identity. And it's setting up phase five and then phase six. So well, I think some of them have been eh, not as good, but I think it's inevitable. Well, they definitely um, had some hits. They had hits with um, Doctor Strange, although I think yeah. that was a slight misfire. I don't think it was as popular as they were expecting. Yeah, I think it was... I think, um, I mean, there was a big build-up to it, and then it wasn't quite... It didn't... I mean, it, the way they were portraying it and what it was was yeah. a bit different. Yes. And uh, some of the stuff that they had kind of suggested was going to be in there wasn't actually in right. there. Right, right. So, I mean, it sounded like uh, the Spider-Man... Uh, no Way Home. Was it No Way Home? No Way Home, yeah. W which looked like uh, was the setup for Doctor Strange. Kind of really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it did introduce a lot more of the multiverse. But, exactly. Um, but yeah. So, anyway. so you know who the star of the whole Phase 4 has been, though? Who? Wong. <laughs> Benjamin Wong. Wong has been in every movie, except perhaps the uh, he wasn't in the uh, Eternals. In he was not in the Eternals. He was, he was in She-Hulk. He was in Shang-Chi, like cameo. He's been in pretty much everything. <laughs> not all of them, but 
right? But he the was obviously in Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. So Wong is your man for Phase Four. And what was your and your last uh, prediction was that Batman would be great. And it was great. I was just rewatching some of it last night. So it is great. Uh, that is a great. And both Batman and the Joker. Now, right. did the Joker come out this year or last year? No, I think it was before. Yeah. yeah. But so now there's talk about with uh, James Gunn being the Kevin Feige of the... It's not the DCEU anymore. Now it's just the DCU, apparently. They're re- rebranding it. Um, that they may fold uh, that Batman into the DCU. Not quite sure how they'll do it. Well, that, right? and uh, he's also they, talking about not recasting everybody, but he's recasting a lot of people. Well, so. they got, they, you know, they announced they, they're doing some weird stuff. I, I think what's going to end up happening with DCU is it's going to. Well, so here's my entertainment prediction. Okay, the <clears> DCU <throat> will continue to be a mess. I think you're probably right. That will Although be, I think Gunn's got a, you know, if he can get a hold of it. But there's just so much, there's a lot of, I think there's, there's too, a lot of weight behind it. I think, I think it's, I think what they're really suffering from is the lack of, um, it's like with Kevin Feige, he says, I want to do this and he does it. And even if it's a slight misstep, they let him continue. Right. Right. Whereas I think, I, I think that James Gunn will have, um, you know, a creative control, but probably a short leash. Right, and if they yank it, the it's suits, gonna look. It's gonna look totally it's different. Always the suits because it's too much money at stake, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they will continue to be in chaos. They, they have two movies coming out: Flashpoint, Aquaman, and Flash. Um, they have the Flashpoint, um, and Flashpoint is very controversial because Ezra Miller is in it, and he's is he in jail now? I think no, I think he's in rehab. Yeah, he's he's a they mess. To, he's a mess. He's a mess. But Michael Keaton's in it, so. <laughs> Of course. And now they want to, you know, it was a call to re-release, to release that Batgirl movie, which, because Michael Keaton was in that too. Although well, they finished it. Yeah, it was ready to go. So, yeah. and then they fired Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. Maybe. Uh, certainly they've canceled the third movie, given the second one wasn't great. So. Well, I think I, I did. Did you watch it? No. No. I think it was, might have, I think maybe it, I don't know if it's bad. I, don't, I suspect it's not bad. I just never watched it. Pedro Pascal, who's everywhere. <laughs> He's awesome. Okay. All right, predictions for 2023. Societal. Mark, what do you got? I think... Um, well, I want to start with a different topic. I okay. I want to start with tech. Okay. So, so we've had your entertainment one. You've said ECU will, will continue, continue to be, to be a, mess. a mess. Okay, tech. I think in tech, I think that Elon Musk's Twitter will um, look radically different from where he's going right now. It will either completely fail um, or, um, yeah, it'll either completely fail or it will become irrelevant. And be replaced by something else. So I think Twitter, in its current form, which is a has been a really good location for journalists and um, political activists of every stripe to organize and get their message out and all that stuff, is going to um, cease to perform that function, and will they'll create a vacuum, and something else will take over. Cool. What that is. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced about Mastodon. It's too hard to use. Mm. 
Um, and I, I'm encouraged by this post.news, but, uh, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I haven't, uh, but I think there, it's almost too early for it. So, uh, right. so we'll see. So, um, so that's my prediction from, a, from a, a tech perspective. Do you have a tech? Well, it's sort of tech adjacent. Um, I think we're going to see opportunities to apply technology to manufacturing in North America. I think we're going to see a resurgence of manufacturing okay. because of, well, the U.S. has already because got of that the supply, chip program. Because of the yeah, supply chain issues. Apparently, COVID is running rampant in China right now Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of... Well, and, and is, because they restricted, they, they released the uh, the strict uh, lockdown, you know, political pressures. Some people were saying it might have been pressure from American, you know, corporations, and and apparently now it's just running wild. Potentially could disrupt the supply chain again. More. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that more and more companies will begin to look at ways to produce here in Canada or at well, least, the U S certainly, or at but. least have the ability to, um, to produce some. Right. But I think like the oil, uh, sector will see less human labor mm -hmm. and much more investment in technology, AI, 3d printing, robotics. I think we're going to see a lot. I think there's going to be opportunities there. Um, but not so much on the shop floor, you know, bolting shit together. Okay. Okay. Um, what about, uh, political? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know locally what's going to happen. I know what I hope. I know what uh, I hope. I hope my hopeful prediction is that Rachel Notley will, win and become the next premier yep. of Alberta in yep. May. I think that's a 50-50 proposition. Right. Because uh, part of the reason why she got in the first place was because uh, there was a split. Yeah. And there were two right-wing parties going, and there might be again. That's certainly a possibility. Yep. Um, certainly there are a lot of people unhappy with the, with, uh, the UCP. Um. So that's my hopeful political prediction. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hope as well. I almost like to see the emergence of a third party. I think that would be cool. Same I, thing in the states. I, I think, think we need a, a centrist. Well, I think in the uh, states, what's going to happen is Joe Biden is going to not. He's not going to run to be the next president. We said he was gonna. I know, but my prediction is it will be Gavin Newsom. Oh, the governor of, of uh, California. Yep, that's, okay. who, that's who I predict will run. Newsom versus DeSantis, yep. you think? I think so, yeah. Okay. That's my prediction. Yeah, because Newsom was already I could be totally sparring wrong. a little bit in the press with, he is with totally, DeSantis. Yeah. He I is. think he's got the guy that he... Uh, yeah, I, okay. think he's, I think he's the guy who's got the chops who might be able to do it. Okay. Not Beto? No. 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 Yeah, Newsom. Newsom. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I as much as I like Joe Biden, um, the man is—he's done a great job. He's just—he's just a he's transitional just a, caretaker. He's just in an age where he should be. Well, that's right. He's enjoying his grandkids. Exactly. Right. I mean, he's doing a great. I think he's doing an okay job. Yeah, I, I think he's actually doing a, a great job. <laughs> I loved his response to Trump's great announcement. Did you see that? Oh no, I didn't. He said, "I have some major announcements of my own," and it was he listed all the things. You know, uh, 
10,000 new jobs in Arizona last month. We signed the uh, Protection of Marriage Act. You know, uh, inflation is down, right? So it was just like very much a poke in Trump's eye about the NFT thing. Well, this NFT you know? thing is quite the story. <laughs> ah, well, let's get back to that. Finish our prediction. So, uh, so you're thinking, you're hoping she wins. I'm hoping she wins. My prediction is we're going to continue to have polarity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's probably going to get worse. And I think it's going to get better in the States before it gets better here. Okay. I think we're, I've heard, rumor has it, and I don't want to be a conspiracy guy, that Alberta is a testing ground for like the IDU and, and some of these extreme right wingers. Well, this is the thing that Stephen Harper is the president of or, or chairperson. It's an international conservative think tank. But guys like uh, Modi in India, they're all tapped. All of the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Urban, Urban uh, the, uh, the guy in Turkey. Oh, uh, I know, I know. Uh, no, Victor Orban. That's not Turkey. That's, no, that's uh, Hungary. Hungary. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. But the Turkish guy and even Le Pen, all of these extreme right wingers are apparently all associated with this global think tank. I know it sounds like conspiracy shit, but you can look it up. And I don't apparently, think, I don't think it's so much because I don't think they're hiding. It's like a lot of conspiracy. Well, stuff they're kind they're of hiding. in the open, but Alberta is apparently a bit of a testing ground. Yeah. And luckily, it seems like, in most cases, it's Keystone Cop shit, thank God. But um, I think we're going to have more division here uh, until we leave. Okay. <laughs> well, so let's talk about societal predictions. Societal predictions. Um, I'm afraid COVID will make a nasty resurgence uh, out of China and that... Uh, our, our wishful, la, 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 it's all over, is going to not hold, um, whether we actually address it or not, or, or people just write it off as, yep, people die. But I, I think we've been whistling past the graveyard and pretending that it's not a problem. But when you look at some of the numbers, like how many people actually have died, like in the province here, it's been more in, you know, in the last, what, three months or something than... Not total more, but, you know, we just hit 50,000 deaths in Canada. Um, and I think we're just wishfully thinking that it's gone and that yeah. it's going to be all great. And, and I don't think it is. Well, and I, uh, from a societal perspective, I think um, that they're, so, I mean, uh, having watched the peripheral, um, and they talk about this thing called the jackpot. And I think that... We're going to start seeing versions of the jackpot. Okay. I haven't read I the book. Now, that, apparently the, the book, that's a William Gibson book. It's a William book, Gibson eh? book. Yeah, yeah. And they have, they're apparently doing another one of his books. The Neuromancer is also okay. going to be done. I hear the book and the show are quite different. But, yeah. So what is the jackpot without giving away too much? Uh... Well, without giving away too much, the jackpot, um, they, they explain it in like the third episode or something like that, is, is basically that... Uh, it's a series of calamities that all happen at the same time. Oh, okay. So the jackpot is, um, so they have, uh, like a, like a, a, um, like a virus that mutates and <laughs> runs rampant. Okay. There is, Check. there is a climate collapse that oh. happens. There is, Check. um, there's like five. Oh, there's also a nuclear war that ends up happening. Uh. And, um, so there is like, 
there's like four or five things that all right. start happening simultaneously. So, uh, so that's you know, I'm being a bit Strap of a, in, being folks. a bit of a Debbie Downer, but I do think we're going to start seeing more indication of climate uh, disruption. Right. We're going to see uh, the. I think we're going to see other things come out in terms of. Uh, uh, illness, and right. I think we're going to have some food collapses in terms of... Uh, so what you're saying is by the end of the year, we'll be recording this in a cave somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing our respirator. There's so many ap- apocalyptic... Well, this or... is such a pleasant time for Christmas. <laughs> we should have a disclaimer on this. Christmas is a hard time for people already. It'd be like, do not listen to the uh, this episode of the Connect2 podcast. If you're already feeling a little blue... Well, <laughs> so I think, I, so I think, um, so f- from a societal thing, I, so I wanted to caveat it and it's kind of why I wanted to, to do it last is it, that is part of what I think from a negative perspective, okay. from a positive perspective. And it also has a negative consequence too, but I think that I think we're going to see the failure of social media in more, right? Like a, a, a much more rapid. So the. The what, what what's really apparent is the change with social media went from a way of networking and connecting you with right. your friends and colleagues and stuff like that. Yep. To um, you now having to be the product creator or the the content creator to feed your. So it's more of a social media thing. Right. And I think that that is starting to fail. A lot of young people are abandoning it in droves. Sure. So I think. There either has to be a new social media um, paradigm okay. that is more focused on people right. and less on Instagram influencers kind of thing and TikTok. Yes. Um, and um, so I, I predict that convention, the way social media is now will look very different in the next year yeah. and that it will right. um, um, probably be replaced by something like Facebook. For me, I, I find Facebook almost unusable because it's so complicated. There's so many options, so many facets, and it's so complicated to figure out how to use it. Whereas, and, and they've signed, it's kind of infected Instagram the same way. Whereas Instagram, when it started was super simple, right? Super straightforward. Yeah. And it actually worked. Yeah. Um, so that's what I predict. And, and I think they're going to be, so a lot of young people are using like telegram groups or signal signal groups where they're basically just communicating with their friends within their own group. That's right. So yeah. there's going to, they're going to be a change in that direction. <laughs> and I, and I think the other thing that's going to be a bit more optimistic is I think that people are going to be connecting more with each other. Ah. Kind of like our Connect 2 podcast. That's true, exactly. I think people yeah. are going to be talking more yeah. to each other. They're getting out and socializing. The, during the pandemic, people were craving. Yes. And, and I look back at how much has changed in the last year. It's, right. It's crazy. I mean, as I yeah. go back through... A lot of the um, the old posts and the the topics that we talked about throughout the year. Oh, when sure. I was trying to find our predictions for from last year. Um, it uh, it's amazing. Think a lot of stuff has really changed over the course of twelve months. Right. And I think it's going to continue to be that way. Cool. Well, I'm hoping this is the year we uh, we make contact. <laughs> is that your societal prediction? Yeah, maybe. What, what is yours? Or did you give me that? Daria? A societal prediction. Um, I think the war in Ukraine will come to some kind of resolution. Oh, nice. I think 
that who's going to win? I think it will be the uh, Ukrainian. I think it will be. Well, I think it'll be some kind of draw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think Ukraine will have been victorious, but I think it'll get framed as some sort of neutral thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, we, um, we decided to, yeah, to let you have it back. Yeah, exactly. What else I think is going to happen? I, I think the climate change thing is going to continue to become harder and harder to ignore and build more and more momentum, right, with, uh, with just some of the solutions that we currently have. I mean, I think fusion's exciting. I think people are already talking about, okay, but we need to do, we can't wait, right? If it's still 10, 12, 15 years away, by then we're we're going to be in trouble. I think we're going to see more places in the world stand up and say, "Hey, you know, we're like we got water up to our knees here. We can't like we just can't ignore this." So I think it's finally going to start to dawn on more people. Um, I don't know if that'll happen here, but you know, in other places. And I agree with you. I think social media will will morph into something more useful. Because um, it's the human pattern, right? New technology comes and humans always go, this is great. What's the worst thing we can do with this? <laughs> and then we do that first and then eventually it kind of calms down and then we make use of it. Exactly. You know, more uh, uh, positively. So I think I think we're, we're coming to that point. Okay. I don't think VR and the metaverse will take off. No, I think it's going to fail. Yet. Oh, I, I think it's going to, that's the road. That I think it's going to, I think, I think the, the metaverse as as predicted by Facebook is a complete failure. I think augmented reality and VR headsets and all that stuff are an interesting novelty yeah. and, um, will progress and is super cool, but is not going to be, people are not going to live with a headset uh, uh, on their heads. No, I think it will remain an entertainment yes. thing. Yeah, right? I, I could see like immersive TV shows where you're actually, yep. you feel like everything's happening Absolutely. around you. I think that could happen. I think it will be entertainment. Absolutely. But, uh, and I think entertainment's driving a lot of stuff nowadays. Yeah. Well, could it, could it take place where you'd have virtual meetings? Yes, I think that could happen. But again, I, I don't think people would be working eight hours a day immersed in that. I think you, you would put it on or step into a room where there'd be a, and I think if that is going to happen, it'll probably be remote, like external cameras, not something you wear on your head. Right? Yeah. People are just not got to put up with that. Yeah. So. Well, and going back to tech, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to mention just for a second is my other prediction is that TikTok will either no longer be owned by the Chinese right. in the U.S. or will be banned from the U.S. Ah, yes. I don't think uh, one way or the other, TikTok will not continue to do what yeah. it's doing I don't know that under they, its current ownership. Yeah, banning it would be pretty wild. I think they are talking it. about it. They're yeah, talk, talking about it. But And and, uh, and the fact that TikTok doesn't have free reign in China is kind of a big indicator, too. Well, that's right. Apparently, they've looked at it and said, you know, we don't want our, our youth to be completely corrupted by Exactly. You know, uh, an addictive. So we'll sell it to the rest of the world. <laughs> exactly. So I think it'll get, I think it'll get bought out. I think there'd be too much of a, an uproar to, to ban it. Uh, I, I think, we'll I think it, it could yeah. easily be bought by like a Microsoft or something. Yeah. Like that. Maybe Apple. Maybe. No, but yeah. no. I don't know if they're going to get into that. Not that, not that's too, 
too out of control. It's too dirty. F- too dirty for Apple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Christmas then. Okay. Christmas time. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Um, the four categories. We have a uh, favorite Christmas movie. Favorite Christmas movie. Um, I like the Christmas story, but I got to say it's the, the 1951 Scrooge with Alistair Sim remains my, my go-to. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say a Christmas story. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's a good one. I think that's my favorite. It's a good one. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Did you watch the, uh, the sequel? No, I haven't yet. Oh, you got to watch it. And, it's um, quite, it's quite good. Although Die Hard's a pretty good movie. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were having that debate. Iron Man three, you know, these, all these great no, Christmas but Di- movies. Die Hard is very much a Christmas we, movie. We also like Elf. Elf is a, yeah. Elf is really you know, good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Those are both two excellent yeah. choices. Um, favorite Christmas song? Boy, that's tough. I got to say, of late, because of uh, that band for King and Country, I really like the Little Drummer Boy because of that, the way that they do it with all of the drums and the percussion. Okay. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I have to say my runner-up is, uh, is, um, is the Little Drummer Boy done by Bing Crosby and... David Bowie. Oh, right. Okay, that is my... Uh, I did that. That was one of the songs I did last year for for my, my fun oh, thing. Right, right, yeah. Right? And yeah. I did both parts and, and all you that. You did a, a Star Trek one this year. This year is Star Trek. But yeah, I should repost that. But I think my favorite <laughs> song is... Uh, on her. Is And it's it's not super cheery, but is, uh, is uh, from the Pogues. Oh yeah, yeah. The the Christmas uh, in New York. Okay, right. I'm not super familiar with that one. Well, if you hear it, you'll yeah. you'll recognize it. And what I'll about play the Kinks' Father Christmas? <laughs> it's kind of angry Christmas song. No. Father Christmas, bring us some toys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll 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 add a little sure. little background. So so. You yep. Can. Sounds good. Um. Activity, favorite Christmas activity. Oh boy, that's tough. Eating, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do enjoy, uh, uh, we we do the Christmas gift thing on on Christmas morning. Um, when I grew up, we would do Christmas Eve, but we sort of uh, got more traditional. Well, mm-hmm. I think everything's a tradition, but so it's always good to spend some time with you know the four of us and 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 go through that, and then we sort of just take the rest of the day kind of easy and. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And then I always watch, even though it's by myself now, um, Scrooge, the 1951 classic. I watch well, it every I, year. I watched, uh, we watched uh, on Christmas Eve, we, we decided to watch with with Alex when he was little, um, the Jim Carrey version of Scrooge and oh, yeah. scared the crap out of him because that is, that is a terrifying, <laughs> uh, Scrooge is a, is a terrifying show for little kids. It is. It is not for little kids. No. It, uh, it, I mean, it tries to scare. It's like scared straight. Bong. Yeah. Yeah. So how many ghosts does uh, visit Scrooge? Uh, I believe it's three. There's actually four. Let me see. Christmas past. Yes. Christmas present. Yes. Uh, Christmas. Christmas oh, and, uh, and uh, Jacob Mar- Marley. Jacob Marley. Right. Four. four. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Most people get three. Yeah. Get no, that's three. true. I forgot about Jacob Marley. And what was the best present you can remember or the most memorable one for you? You know, when you asked me that, the first thing that popped into my head, I, when I was maybe like nine or ten years old, I got the G.I. Joe helicopter. And I played with that thing 
for years. I still have it, still in a box somewhere. Oh, cool. And it was the, uh, like the single occupant, but it was, you know, probably three feet by the time the, the uh, tail section was assembled. And, and it, uh, it was a very high playability toy. Had the uh, winch on it, and I played with that thing, like, a lot. So I remember that very strongly. So mine is a little different. Um, so our son was born in October, and we were older parents. And uh, we weren't quite prepared for the sleepless nights. Right. And for us, the best Christmas present I ever received was Christmas Eve was the first night uh, since Alexander was born, that he actually slept through the night. So we were actually able to sleep the entire night without having to wake up in the middle of the night for a feeding or whatever. Wow. And so for Oh, me, sure. Go for pick me. something all meaningful <laughs> and deep. I'm talking about a toy I got when I was 10 years old. <laughs> well. Nice memory. <laughs> Don't you care about your children? No. And so uh, that is a great memory. It it is. I mean, I was trying to think about it, and I don't. For me, it's it's like I I don't really remember any of the specific toys or whatever that I've got. I appreciate (laughs) the Christmases where I got you know nice little gifts and stuff like that. But for me, it. I think that was the biggest one. So he was born in October because just two weeks before, two weeks before my older son. Yeah. And by Christmas, you had your first sleep in this night? Oh, yeah. man, you guys are lucky. We, it took us months. Yeah. I think he eventually started not sleeping again. Yeah. But, but it was the first night. And I remember that distinctly because I can, like, yeah, I can imagine. It was yeah. like, oh, my God. We slept through the night. We woke up and we're going like, he didn't wake us up. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, oh, my God, we better go wake him. Um, so, uh, what media have you been consuming? Um, I have one more episode of stranger things season four. I've sort of binged through it and it's it's, it's over two hours. I was going to watch it last night and then I'm like, nah, I need a break. Um, so I started watching, uh, rogue warriors on prime, which is the story of the formation of the Special Air Service, the SAS, okay. in 1941. And it is pretty good. Um, what I'm really enjoying, because we're re-watching Band of Brothers, um, what I'm really enjoying is there's so many World War II shows that it's always about the Americans. And this is, I don't know if this is British made or not, but clearly it's all about the British um, <laughs> at the forefront and it's just kind of a refreshing sort of uh, different take. Right. But it's, it's really quite entertaining. And then they use like a lot of modern heavy, heavy metal music, which is kind of an interesting juxtaposition, but yeah, it started that last night and yeah, finishing stranger things season four. I'm going to have to wait till 2024 for an, a fifth season, which is really, yeah. Makes you crazy. Well, I, um, so I finished the Wednesday series. Oh, right. <laughs> That's really good. How many episodes is that? Eight. It's okay. eight episodes. Um, I don't think e- each one is not, I, I don't think they're quite an hour. Okay. But yeah. Um, um, 
yeah, I kind of got hooked and I got right into it. There were some parts that were a little uneven, but overall it was great. Right. Like it was really great. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause this whole viral dance thing that's, um, like if you watch TikTok or reels or w- any of those kind of short little videos, there's always somebody dancing to that weird Wednesday dance and, and she does the dance, a dance that's very quirky and But weird. it's different than what people are doing apparently. Well, it's a totally different song. Yeah. Oh, right. That's what you were mentioning. It's a totally yeah. different yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It's, she's doing it to the, a cramps song. Yeah. Or yeah. a cramps version of a song. Yep. And, um, it's kind of in there. Um, it's not super relevant to the story. Um, I mean, she goes to a dance that, that dance is important, okay. but her dancing at the dance it's not particularly it's funny what important. people pick up on, right? Well, I mean, it's just an unusual. She has a very yeah. unusual dance style. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, the Christina Ricci character is awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> steady, man. Yeah. Too much, too much to drink there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, so that's that's the main thing that I've been watching. I, I really was tied up with uh, the Christmas market this weekend. So, oh right here, I want to just I'm just looking at something. I want to just make sure I get this right. Go on. I'm, and um, so uh, there's a couple of shows I'd like to watch. There's a there's a, a Netflix series. I think it's called 1899, which um, I think is some sort of time travel thing. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll probably watch that next. Have you crack in the box? Have you subscribed to crack in the box yet? I don't know what crack in the box is. So there's a young gentleman in the UK. I think he's like nine years old and he is unfortunately uh, dying. He's in palliative care. Um, He's had two heart transplants and I guess it's just, it's, it's not going, it's not going well, but he started a YouTube channel and he, they reach out to the make a wish foundation and he wanted to get, I can't remember, some some target of subscribers. And so, of course, they reached out to Johnny Depp because his channel is cracking the box and he's Captain Corey and he dresses like a pirate. This is the kid, right? And so Johnny Depp heard about this Dressed and he wanted to Jack. get to a certain number. So Bo the Fifth has been promoting this. And then, of course, Johnny Depp coming in and acting as, as Jack Sparrow. And uh, he's had him on his channel a couple of times and it's hilarious, right? So I've been watching a little bit of that because it's kind of, and I subscribe. So he hit 200,000 on the weekend and he's been soliciting donations to uh, give to the hospital, sick kids in, in the UK. It's just a totally heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. Somebody posted on Twitter, the cesspool of the internet oh. that, this was terrible because, you know, Johnny Depp couldn't even, couldn't even keep it together. You know, he was obviously stone and drunk and he's doing this thing with this little kid and can he like, you know, be serious? And people are like, what is wrong with you? Do you not know the character of Jack Sparrow? This is totally in character because he's all like, yeah, I've heard there's this, a thing in the, called the tube of you or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. And this person completely missed the fact that this is part of his act, his act right? And so apparently she had to like take her, her whole thing down because she just got flamed with like, oh, wow. how stupid are you? But quite heartwarming. I mean, it's a very sad story, but he's hit 
well, two two hundred thousand on Sunday, and I think they're heading for a quarter million subscribers. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, and and lots of good things to be done. I don't know what his condition is in terms of how long he's got, but apparently it's uh, it's terminal, right? Oh, so. Yay! Well, on that happy <laughs> note, <laughs> but crack in the box. Go check box. it out. Uh, if he's still around in a, two weeks, uh, he looks pretty healthy. Like, I mean, he looks, he's not in, in hospital or anything. He's at home and, okay. you know, he's quite active. I, this is more like a long-term degenerative thing. Okay. So crack in the box, Captain Corey, subscribe and, uh, you know, help him uh, meet his targets. Okay. Good. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, Jeff. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yes. And, uh, we are going to take a break. Um, so it will be the week after Christmas that we won't have an episode, but we'll pick it up right after yeah, that. Yeah, so exactly. Just after Maybe we can uh, re- repost one of our, uh, you know, uh, uh, our favorites. Ooh. That's a good idea. A mm. repeat. Oh, maybe we could do that. I could yeah. do that. I can make that happen. Yeah. You, okay. You pick. <laughs> okay. Uh, and with that... We'll see, see you in a couple in, weeks. See you in the next year. Yeah, Take exactly. Care. All right, man. Bye. Bye.